welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, all right, all right. You heard it there. We are Whiskey and Wonder, and we are back. We are. We are a podcast where uh, every week we get together, we review whiskey, and we teach the other something that has made us wonder. Yes, yes. Welcome. Welcome one. Welcome all. Come join us. Yes. We're going to have about an hour and a half of fun and learning and... Whiskey. Drinking. Drank. Drinking. So, if you like any of those things... That's Tyler. Apparently, I'm Tyler. And I'm Megan. And she's Megan. If you're on YouTube, you already saw that pop up on the screen. Um, If not, you just heard it. Yeah. So... Uh, that's who he is. That's what we do here. You probably know that if you're listening, if you're a long time listener, um, maybe you're a first time caller though. <laughs> I used to love, I used to love those. Sorry, y'all. I'm trying to make this camera focus on me. Um, like coast to coast. Yeah. Like you'd listen to like serious radio or something and somebody would call in. Oh yeah. A long time listener, first time caller, you know? Oh yeah. Okay. You know? I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just, I, I always thought that was pretty cool. You got to experience somebody pop there. Radio Cherry. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we t- we already told you what we do here, uh, and Megan's got a fascinating wrap-up to a topic today, so we'll be diving into that here in a little bit. If not, I highly suggest go check out episodes one and two, or parts one and two, um, but we'll jump into the announcements before we get there. Um, first thing we want to say is we have not forgotten about the celebration that's planned as much as as much as megan as much as i want to forget about it it's still happening it's still on just we're getting close um i 100 percent found tiaras today that are super cheap and super gaudy yeah oh yeah and megan's got a dress lined up i believe or yeah so uh, basically we just need to order everything and schedule the date and yeah that will, uh, that'll be that. So, Yay. Megan is freaking thrilled, if you guys can't tell. I'm just so excited. Uh, there we go. Sorry, I'm messing with my camera again. Um, so, yeah, that basically, if you don't know what that is, we're going to make, dre- uh, make Megan dress in the most un-Megan way possible and go to dinner with in public. me. Yeah, me, her, and both of our significant others and film it and Megan shame. And uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't told Megan this, but there's been a little, little secret I've been keeping. (laughs) Oh, look at her face. Go check it out on YouTube. Um, What, what in the, what secret have you been keeping? So you came in here uh, several, several, I guess about a month and a half ago. And when we first hit the 5,000 listens and Basically, your hair was like dyed pink and yellow and whatnot. Yeah. Yep. In hopes that you could Megan it up a little bit. (laughs) And I have been kind of dragging my feet on this in a way so that your hair is not as Meganified. Nearly as Meganified. So it's working. (laughs) I know. So, you guys, I'm doing this for you. You're welcome. (laughs) And I haven't got much fight back on it because Megan doesn't want to do it. So. (laughs) <laughs> hey, <laughs> my plan is coming together. You literally have a button. For I know. I literally have the button. I'm looking at it, <laughs> um, but that would mean reaching over there, and it's freezing in I, this room. Uh, it is. Megan and I are polar opposites. It is too hot in this house for I'm me, so and Megan's <laughs> frozen. 
and there's a jacket right beside her and a closet full behind her. Um, anyway, this is my friend Jerry the jacket. Anyway, um, the other things we're going to talk about real quick in the announcements are to check out our Patreon. We have extra, uh, we have like promo codes. You can get some, some percentages off of our shop. Uh, you can get early access to the episodes. You can vote on the infinity bottles. And we also have free stickers. Uh, if you sign up for certain tiers over at Patreon and we are always looking to release extra bonus content. Uh, it's just a matter of scheduling right now. We have ideas. Just our schedules are polar opposite. So yep, working when, on it. when that comes out, you will have access to that at the, depending on the, the tier of that you sign up for at Patreon. We have tiers ranging from $2 a month to $10 a month. Uh, and that comes straight to us. It helps us support the podcast, pay for the website, buy more whiskey, upgrade equipment, so on and so forth. All the wonderful things. Yes. Um, now, I do highly suggest everybody go. I mentioned the Infinity Bottles. Everybody should definitely go check it out uh, and pay at least the $2 because that will get you access to voting on the Infinity Bottles and whether or not the... Um, whether or not... Yeah, you can see them right over Megan's head there if you're on YouTube. Uh, whether or not what we do each week goes in those infinity bottles. Currently we have a bourbon and a rye infinity bottle. And as soon as I get an empty or Megan gets an empty whiskey bottle, uh, we'll have a scotch one. We'll have a scotch one. Yep. So, uh, go vote on those. Uh, basically to anybody that doesn't know an infinity bottle is your own blend. Um, sometimes they turn out really good. Sometimes they're really bad. And you guys get to choose if ours is going to be things we like or things we dislike. So head over to Patreon, check that out. Uh, and I also briefly mentioned, check out our store. It's whiskeyandwonder.com slash store. I got it today. Um, I'm so proud of you. Yep. Uh, I had it pulled up. We have uh, t-shirts, stickers, and whiskey tumblers with our uh, logo engraved on them. We have lady styles, men styles. We got a full run of shirts, small or maybe even extra small to mm-hmm. 3X, I believe. So check those out. We're working on more designs. Going to have more shirts up there. So, yeah. Um, And last but not least, uh, as far as announcements go, we want to take a minute and thank all of our partners. Uh, We're partnering now with uh, BarkBox, Flaviar. If you've listened in the past, to if you're a longtime listener, you know we really love Flaviar. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, the laws have changed and they can't ship to our state anymore. But if we could, we would still be customers for Flaviar. We love their service. Yes. Um, write your congressman. If Yeah, if you're in North Carolina, write your damn congressman. Um, our other partners are NordVPN and Tervis Tumblers, which are uh, these awesome tumblers. I actually happen to have one right here. Uh, they're really cool tumblers. Um, Super insulated, yeah. keep your drink cold for hours, hot you, for hours. You can get them insulated or non-insulated. Uh, mine, this particular one's non-insulated. Uh, and as you can see, it's got this awesome wrap on it. Um, you know, so check those out. We have links to all those in the show notes. Um, and if you want to go to whiskeywonder.com slash sponsors, uh, we have links to those. You get some, uh, like for BarkBox. Month You get free. a free month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flaviar. 
I, I don't remember. I think you get a free month or a free shipment of Flaviar. I'll have to double check that one. And Bark, uh, NordVPN, I know for sure, gives you... Uh, you get like 63% off a two-year subscription to NordVPN. Who, who doesn't want to be safe when they're browsing the web? Uncle yes. Sam... I just listened to a podcast on Edward Snowden and I'm petrified. <laughs> I literally like I am debating on like going as analog as possible in my life. I could never do it and run whiskey and wonder, but like, uh, yeah, like um... landline <laughs> moving to bump fuck, you know, and just have my own electricity. Basically, if I could just <laughs> off the grid completely, I big brother is watching us. So uh... anyway, my mindset is if I don't do anything illegal, why do I care? Privacy? Oh, God. I, <laughs> that's, I'm sure, a conversation we can have. Oh, yeah. I mean, would you rather be able to have the right to stream whatever you want illegally with a VPN? Or I shouldn't say that. You're not supposed to do that. But. <laughs> Shut You know, I'm just saying, would you rather have the option of doing that? or? Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. then. All right. You need that privacy. But anyway... Yeah, check out our sponsors. Um, and lastly, we want to thank everybody that does donate and support yes. the show. Thank you guys so much. Every little bit counts. Uh, please like us, rate us, review us. Um, those of you that do, we cannot thank you enough. You know, you send us PayPal. You support us on Patreon. You're just amazing, and we love you, and we couldn't do this without you, so thank you. Yep. So on that note, guys, we're moving it on. Open segment. All right, so I still can't get over that comment. You, I don't want to. I don't want to draw this debate, but you really <laughs> like you would give up your privacy to let Uncle Sam just spy on you. I mean, I feel like I don't do anything illegal, so I don't. I don't care. I don't do anything illegal either, but I don't want Uncle Sam knowing where I'm going and what I'm doing. I just. Why does it matter? You're just a little ant. Who cares? Like you're not. That's like the fundamental right that our country were rights that our country was built on. Yeah, but like I, I am not the type of person that Uncle Sam is going to give two shits about. Until he does. When, why? Why would he care about me? At I don't all? know. You cable companies start cracking down on people illegally streaming stuff. Okay, so I stop illegally streaming shit, or I uh, run it through NordVPN. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey. But, you know, but then they track your internet and say, oh, this person has a VPN. So this person's probably doing something illegal behind this VPN. But they can't prove it. It's the government. Meh. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I yeah, feel... It, it's it's a slippery slope. It can be, but I feel like a lot of people take it out of proportion. And I I know... I know this is a very polarizing topic yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, sure. I know that. And I, I get that. And I understand having some members of my family that are like that, that would take it to the extreme the other way. I understand that argument too. I just, there's value in privacy. Like I don't want, I don't want you knowing everything I do in my house. I mean, you, like you personally. So why would I want Joe Schmo <laughs> for the government knowing what I do? I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I just, I just, I don't know. You know Interesting. I could never, food for thought, guys. I could never go analog and just like, I 100% could. I hate I society. 
Oh, I know. I fucking hate our society. I know that. Oh. We couldn't do this podcast, though, so like... Yeah. Well, I'll retire and you can hire somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Taking applications for the I can... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can write letters. He can read. He can read my trivia fact once a week. Um, all right. So what's been going on this week? Um, Other than your privacy been being given up. Um, I so many horrible things have happened. Did I tell you about Houston's great grandmother breaking her bones? No. Okay, that happened this week. That was a bad thing this week. Um, Houston's great grandmother took a spill and broke a couple bones. Um. She is in her 90s. She is going to outlive every single person on this planet. I don't know how. She's she's still here. She's still kicking. Um, but, yeah, she's in great spirits, and she's just she's doing all right in the hospital. And um, they say that she's, you know, going to make a full recovery. Um, but that was pretty awful on, a, I think, on Wednesday we, um, we heard about that. I think it happened on Wednesday morning. Um, so you know that's a that's a thing. Still do not have a name for the kitten. Um, trash kitty. A trash cat. Yep, trash kitty. Uh, working on an actual name for her and not just trash. But uh, so far, I mean, me and Houston have gone back and forth and back and forth. And uh, finally, Sandman. Sandman dropped on Netflix, and the Sandman was written by Neil Gaiman. And it's a comic that released in, like, the 70s, 80s. And it is one of the first, like, comics I read, like, all the way through and finished the whole thing in high school. And it was amazing. And I loved it. Um, and I've since, like, always, like, tried to follow any news and any developments on Sandman stuff. So, like, it dropped on Audible as, like, a audio drama um, that's fantastic. And Netflix picked it up as a television series. It's and all right. They'll cancel it two seasons in. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not, because it is fantastic. That is their MO. Um, they, so I got really excited when Netflix picked up Lock and Key, which is some graphic novels that I read. And um, they're my favorite set of graphic novels. And then Netflix just fucked it, and it's not. It's not what it is in the comics. So when they picked up Sandman, I was terrified that they were going to ruin Sandman. And I am so incredibly impressed and proud of like how well the showrunners have done um, staying true to the source material. And even the few things they have changed like make a ton of sense and they're not out of place. Um one of the characters in the comics is Lucian, who is a librarian, um, and it, it's like a middle-aged white man. Well, in the television show, they recast uh, this librarian into Lucienne, and she is a um, bald black lady that like perfectly encompasses the character. She is just amazing, and I'm just all all their changes. Uh, they changed death. Um, and it's, they're just, I'm so happy. Good job, Netflix. And I hope you don't cancel it after, uh, two seasons because it's really, really good. I don't know if it's going to be Tyler's cup of tea, but it's freaking amazing. I've literally never heard of either one of those things and I don't have Netflix. So 
I'll no. never watch it. That's right. You're because of the password sharing thing. Yep. You're like fuck them. Yep, pretty much. Well, so that and the only show on Netflix I would ever watch. There's two shows on Netflix I would watch: Seinfeld, Avatar: The Last Airbender. I already bought Avatar: The Last Airbender, so, and I've seen Seinfeld three times. So, I mean, fair. I, I'm not somebody that watches new TV. I never. Uh, you mentioned it was a comic book. I have literally never read a comic book. I've read more paper comic strips than so. Well, uh, it you definitely you're missing out, but that's okay. No, teach their own. Yeah, um, that just was never my thing. Um, I don't know. Like I said, even movie wise, I always only like I like Batman. I was just a weird kid. Nah, there's nothing wrong with liking Batman. Yeah, I know, but I was never like over the top about Batman. Like, like All superheroes right. just didn't do it for me. Okay. You know, nothing so. wrong with that. Um, but yeah, that's awesome that they came out with, uh, the, you know, the show and that it actually wasn't terrible. It's so good. I'm I'm, so, oh, so good. Uh, very, very frustrated with how, uh, a handful of, of shows of, of, you know, books and book series came out that just, they just shit on them. Trashed it. Yeah. Um, so you and I bonded over the last se- season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I would like to see them do a. I I I don't know how to say it because the moment is past. But I would like them to go back in time and instead of doing eight Harry Potter movies. Do a Game of Thrones style TV yes, series. Yes. For Harry uh, Potter with those actors. Yes. Those three. Yes. Everybody else, you can flip flop in and out. I don't care. Oh, I don't uh, think you could recast some of them. They. Like uh, Alan Rickman is Snape. I can't see anyone else playing Snape. I literally only have that as the only Alan Rickman. Like, that's the only thing I've ever seen Alan Rickman in. You haven't seen Die Hard? No. Oh, dear God. I forgot. Megan, it's a movie. Oh, I forgot. It's yeah, a movie. I, dear God. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so I don't have the relationship with Alan Rickman that everybody does. Like, uh, just, I could take or leave him. <laughs> yeah, I guess I live mm. under a rock. I don't know. I live in like literally all It would my... be easy for you to go analog. <laughs> yeah, it would. I'd take some guitars and I'm gone. Peace out. Yeah. Well. Deuces world. Shit. My dog. Sold. Um, but yeah, I, I think you take the, if I had to pick, I would say there's two characters that would, would be hard to replace. And the guy, the guy that played Hagrid and, um, uh, the original Dumbledore. Oh, yeah. Michael, what's his name? Michael Gambon. Oh, what is his name? The, no, no, no. The, the, he was the guy that replaced him. Michael Gambon, I think. The You're looking, you want to keep the original? I want to keep the original one. Um, but the other guy was a terrible pick. I didn't like the job he did. Richard Harris. Richard Harris was the original? Yes. Yes. And the other guy, Michael Gambon. Yes, Gambon. Michael Gambon is the other, and he yeah. did not do nearly no, as good a job. No, as Richard Harris. Yeah. So I, w- I would like to see that personally, but um, as far as my week goes, it's been, you know, just another week in paradise. Um, nothing, nothing new. Um, 
worked an event for the brewery that ended up it really should have been an hour and a half shorter than it was because everybody left and nothing really happened in the last hour and a half um i have a pulled muscle in my back which has not been fun i can't really lift anything with my left side oh that sucks yeah um other than that, it's been the same old, same old. I got a little little news, and uh, I went and saw my grandfather today. He's over in that uh, the uh, facility for people with dementia. And I don't know if I've updated that on here lately or not, but potentially he may have been misdiagnosed. Um, okay. I, know, have, I don't know if you said this on the podcast or just to me, but I've yeah. heard that. Yeah, I might have said it on here. And they've got an appointment with a, a specialist, but the earliest they could get was February. Anyway, they've there's a place not even five minutes down the road from where I live uh, that he... Uh, we looked into getting him in, and they didn't have anything available. And something has come available, and he is going to be... They're going to take him to lunch or serve him lunch. He's going to go over there and check it out with uh, my aunt, and maybe he'll end up you know, five minutes away down the road, and that would that would be pretty, that would be a lot better than the situation is now because as it stands now, just due to my work and us being hybrid schedule, I always have the work vehicle. I almost, I almost said something else. <laughs> I always have the work vehicle, <laughs> and because of that, he is 15 minutes in the opposite direction of my office, but because I have the work vehicle, I have to go straight home. Yeah. Jeepus. So I have to drive 50 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic, get my car. And go. And then fight traffic an hour and 15 minutes, basically. Or an hour plus. To get back. To get back. Yeah. So it makes it to where I can only go on the weekends. And if he were to end up, you know, five minutes away, I could come home, cook supper, take him whatever I don't finish and you know, say, here, have this for lunch tomorrow or supper tonight or whatever, a couple times a week. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, see how that goes. I've had a sty in my eye all week, which has Oof. been miserable, um, but it's getting better. It's, it's going away the last two days. So other than that, it's just been things as usual. Yeah. Busy at work. Yeah. Going to be a busy week this week that I'm not looking forward to, but could be worse. Could be shoveling shit somewhere. That's true. So. I'm in my first slow uh, period of the year. I get slow period around when school starts and then again uh, at the holidays. So work has slowed down for me as far as making money goes, but uh, I'm still busy throwing myself around and doing other things. So, All right, well, all right y'all. We're going to talk about this whiskey. Opening the bottle. Oh, you I tried. almost timed it. You're so close, just a little off. All right, so today, guys, we are drinking an Irish whiskey. This is Tullamore Dew, the uh, 12 year bottle. The purple bottle. The purple one, yeah. Um, from their website, they say as the original triple blend Irish whiskey, Tullamore Dew celebrates the beauty of blend. We believe the blending of cultures, thoughts, and ideas makes the world infinitely more interesting, creative, and inclusive. 
Our work extols the virtues of blending, of breaking down barriers, and embracing and celebrating the beauty of us. And Tullam Mordu is on a mission to encourage the world to blend. What is true of our whiskey? We are a blend of three types of different Irish whiskeys. We also believe is true of humanity. When we blend with other people and ideas, we become richer as individuals, and in turn, the world becomes a wiser, richer, and more open place. At Tullamore Dew, we have a long history, with many stories to tell, because our distillery was first established in 1829. Our whiskey is the result of a family that showed incredible vision and commitment to develop their passion for whiskey. Let me introduce you to our bottle. Many of you will be familiar with it, but you may not be familiar with the story behind it. Tullamore is a town in Ireland, a small town which today has a population of almost 13,000 people. Dew, or D-E-W, are the initials of one of the greatest distillers Ireland has ever had. His name was Daniel Edmund Williams. This guy has an incredibly interesting story. He began working at the distillery as a stable boy at age 15 and went on to become the distillery manager by the age 25. And then they go on to talk a little bit about um, Daniel E. Williams. And then we get down to whiskey or whiskey. Why is there an E? Which is what I wanted to read aloud to you guys. Why is there an E in Irish whiskey? Equally, why is there not an E in Scottish whiskey? Well, to begin, we would like to commend you on noticing the difference. Most people are concerned solely with what is inside the bottle rather than what is on the label. The answer to these questions are hidden in history, so we must go back in time to find the clues which illuminate why whiskey has two spellings in the English language. It all goes back to 1878 when a book titled The Truths About Whiskey without any, references how the addition of the E was to distinguish Irish whiskey from its Scottish cousins, who had been caught out a few times for selling their whiskey as Irish. The reason for this was that Irish whiskey at the time carried a more premium title and price point in the consumer's eyes, and Irish whiskey was indeed in a golden era. Over the centuries, the words for Irish whiskey evolved from aqua vitae to use mbitha to use bao to whiskey without an E, and finally whiskey with an E. So that's always something I wondered, like why, why an E sometimes and not an E other times, and it just goes to people trying to make money. Um, now... That might be something I addressed when we did the All About Whiskey episode. Do you know how long ago that was? That was uh, a very long time ago. That was a while ago. I can find it, though. All right, you find it. Um, While we, Before we do that, I do want to take a moment and say uh, that was episode 30, so that was over a year ago. Oof. Um, so. I don't remember yesterday. For Yeah, for us all, uh, old-timers here. Um, or long timers, I shouldn't say old timers. Um, I do want to take a moment. I showed the bottle on camera. This is not my first time having this. I have opened this bottle already. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to the person that inspired me to get this. Um, a friend of mine, Tim, from the uh, the group that I play trivia with on Thursdays. 
said he had been looking for this for... Uh, he had had it before, but he had been looking for it and had never found it in an ABC store. He had been looking for a while. And his birthday happened to pop up a couple weeks ago, and I popped in one of my regular stops. And lo and behold, what did I find? But three boxes. They come, they come in a nice little box. Uh, three bottles of this. And naturally, I snagged one for him for his birthday, and then I... Um, regrettably, I wasn't able to try it, uh, that night with him. And I said, well, I need to try it. I need one for the podcast. So I bought one and I took it and I shared it with my Thursday night crew. So I have had it. I haven't had it since. And that was a couple weeks ago. So I'm a little rusty on it. And I also want to take a moment and say this is age 12 years. I think Megan probably did that. Um, but it is 80 proof and... A 750 mil or a fifth ran us 50 bucks. So, not bad. Not not too shabby. Um. So as I've been smelling this, man, have you ever had chocolate mousse? I can't say for certain that I have. I I'm not sure what chocolate chocolate mousse is. If I'm honest. <laughs> so mousse is like um. A really fluffy pudding. It's not okay. Yeah, I. Yeah, okay. Uh maybe a handful of times in my life. Okay, I like just this. Like kicked me into like a chocolate mousse with um, raspberries on top and like a layer of dark chocolate. Like I just, I can picture. I can I, picture I, this perfectly in my head. And it's from my childhood and it's from sh- some schwanky place. My mom uh, took us with one of her friends. I think it was, his name is Tim. I know. That, uh, what a coincidence. Yeah. Hey. Hey, friend Tim. Um, but I just, it might have been the Inverness Hotel. That might, that's the name, it might be the Inverness, but anyway, it's this delicious, like milky, creamy chocolate mousse, and then there's a layer of dark chocolate, and there's all sorts of like really red ripe raspberries, and that is all I'm getting from smelling this, and it's phenomenal. I'm kind of like salivating. So, I, um, I was struggling just to... Just to find a good good way of 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 figuring out, yeah, just articulating what I smell. Um, but I think you really, as you described it, I was like, oh, yeah, I got that, and I got that, and I got that. So, but the one that really stood out to me was the raspberry. Nice red ripe raspberries. I can, mm. yeah, I can really smell that in it. Yes. Um, I do I do get Yes. I do get a little bit of a a, a kind of a grainy smell, kind oh. of like a cereal. Okay. Kind of smell. All right. Like, I mean like the chip pieces from Lucky Charms. <laughs> if I mean look, look, let's be honest. Yes. Everybody's involved invested in Lucky Charms for the marshmallows. I mean facts. So, <laughs> you know, the rest of the shit pieces. <laughs> um um 
I don't know. I'm so in this memory that I cannot get anything other than um, that that chocolate mousse with the raspberries. So, uh, I mean, even looking for nasty, nasty dry cereal, I just am struggling. Um, yeah, I, I get. I think I get a little more fruit than just the raspberry, though. I think I can't really put my finger on it, but I, I definitely. As soon as you said raspberry, I was like, yes. That's there, but I also feel like there's a little bit more. I don't think there's any citrus. No, no citrus. No citrus, but no, I, I could think see it's like it a dark being fruit. like a darker, yeah. m- like maybe some other berries. Um, I was kind or, of thinking more like, like uh, not plums. Like um, dates or yeah, figs? Yeah. Okay. Um, date is what was in my head. Uh, it's been a long, long time since I had figs. Um, mm, my grandfather fig actually. Mm, mm, mm. My <laughs> grandfather had a fig tree. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Oh, uh, yeah, great. <laughs> well, uh, we are supposed to be smelling. Ooh, this is a really fancy review. Uh, we are supposed to be smelling scones with clotted cream and vinous strawberry jam, sultanas, dates, and digestive biscuits. Linseed and honey. So this is clearly someone from across the pond um, because digestive biscuits are supposed to be really yummy, delicious cookies for anyone in the U.S. Um, But whenever I hear digestive biscuits, I think of like a laxative cookie. Oh, I think of a laxative biscuit. It always just turns me off (laughs) so much. Um, Clotted cream, I also think, is whipped cream, I think. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, I kind of get what they're putting down, but they put it down in a really European way with like the pinky out. So, I uh, I don't know. Highbrow. Yes. Uh, very highbrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I get a lot of what they're putting down. I mean, they said strawberry dates. I don't know what sultanas are. Like I thought. I'll Google. Go ahead and Google. Yeah, I get strawberries, dates, um, honey, sure, linseed, I eat. Um, oh, it's like a sultana's. Uh, it's a golden raisin. Oh. Yeah, it's like a type of raisin made from a specific grape. Okay, so it's just like the gold raisins. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. All right. I huh. mean, I can kind of, I can kind of pick that up. I still am going with my chocolate mousse and raspberries, though. That's my my say. All right. Well, uh, I've been so piss poor at it at my job over here that I've not tasted while Megan was talking that entire time. So, I'm um, I was double checking a couple of things, googling uh, a couple of the things like sultana, sultana, and whatnot. But wow. Um. So I've only had one sip. So um. My very, very first impression is yum, yum, yum. Um, definitely the the chocolate pulls through into the actual whiskey. Um, I, I, want, I want to give you guys some more in depth, um, but it was definitely like it was another whiskey that gives us a journey, so there's a lot of different parts to it. Um, so I'm going to have to drink some more. Um, so, all right, I'll, yeah. I'll dive in at this point. To me, the berry fruit came through. That raspberry, strawberry flavor 
punched through, like it, uh, it cut through like a knife. I also, I, I, I don't want to say I got your your uh, chocolate mousse flavor, but I got a very creamy, like a thick mouth feel kind of creamy flavor. Honestly, almost like a strawberries and I don't want to say strawberries and cream, but yeah, like strawberries and heavy cream. Yeah, like that's something I've um, definitely had before. And there's definitely a flavor uh, of chocolate in there as well. I, you know, I'm I'm assuming that chocolate mousse is heavily whipped cream with chocolate. Basically. Yes, it so. is an extremely fluffy, yeah, pudding. So yeah, um, one hundred percent. The berries and stuff are definitely, or the berries, fruit, whatever. The initial taste, um, you get hit with all that berry. I definitely can taste raspberries, but I'm also getting strawberries. I'm getting some of that date, um, a lot of the kind of like ripe red, um, dark fruits, um. And that fruit definitely transitions into a really creamy, thick um, chocolate mousse for me. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what this the finish aftertaste is because it's something I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, so, to me, the after well, yeah, I'm uh, there's something else there, but to me, the aftertaste is creamy. Uh, it is very creamy. It's very smooth. Very smooth. I get something on the very tip of the tongue, though, that what are you I getting? have not heard mentioned, like an, uh, like an almond or a nut. Like I okay. get, I get like a, you know how you would have like a, I would imagine on mousse you would have some kind of little like, crumpled up nuts. I'm getting something like that, something a little more earthy, um. Okay. A little less sweet, a little less. I can pick up what you're putting down. Yeah. Um, I don't know I if that's that. the finish that you're talking about because there is something else there. It might be. It might be like a a nut or a um, like a granola crumble type um, type flavor. Um, this I, is dangerous. It's very dangerous. I could sit here and drink this whole finger. There was, yeah, there was, this, this is a dessert whiskey. There was, uh, no burn at all. Mm -mm. And I will tell you, uh, Megan, I will tell you where I got this because there were three bottles as of a week and a half ago. There was one bottle left. In case you want to, I, yes, I want it, and you're not going to let me have it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> this is not going on with you. <laughs> you could already read my mind. I was like, oh, can I, I know. Yeah, can I, can I take that? Uh, um, no, I want it. So if you see it at an ABC store, because you go to them way more often than I do, uh, grab me it, and I'll Venmo you. All right. If not, sure. I'm going to tell you where I got it, so you can okay. pop in and check. Okay. Uh, never mind. That's not where you, near where you live anymore. <laughs> oh, uh, was it the then. old ABC? No. No, it was. But you could have passed it on your way home from work that way. I'll, okay. I'll tell you. Yeah. All right. Um, You're I'm not, not going to tell anyone else. I'm not giving away my <laughs> secret spots. I'm sorry. I I actually went. Uh, not, not to get too too sidetracked. I happened to uh, play golf this week, and I just happened to pop into the ABC store right down the road from the golf course, and the guy was just putting up uh, a box of six Eagle Rare bottles. <laughs> and so <Yoink. laughs> they were $40, and so I snagged two. 
And I, I bought one for my buddy, uh, friend John. That's his daily drinker, and he hadn't found it in a while, so I got it. Got it for him, and I got one for me, so. Yeah. Uh, so before we move on, um, the palette is, according to this reviewer, light and soft with hints of gentle spices like nutmeg and allspice. A touch of honey and creamy fruits in yogurt. Because, again, he's European, so it's yogurt instead of yogurt. Yogurt. Um, Medium-length finish with a little oaky and nuttiness. So, yeah. Um, This uh, Irish whiskey is um, a... It's a heavy focus on being a pot still whiskey. Um, and it's matured in ex-bourbon casks and then um, moved into sherry casks. Uh, and that's probably where it gets that fruity flavor from. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's aged, uh, it's derived, yes, it's derived from whiskeys that are aged 12 to 15 years. And I just want to pull this bottle up again on, on screen. I'm going to describe it to you guys. Try to get this reflecting pretty well in the light there. It has a very light color. Yes, it, is it does. Very, very light. It it looks darker on the screen than it is, um, which is you know we have the other Tullamore Dew, uh, the regular in the cabinet over there, and it is also light. So, you know, I, I'm not sure if that has something to do with the triple distilled process. I think we have a couple Irish whiskeys over there that are not light, as light. So. Uh, I just wanted to point out that that gorgeous, very golden yes, color. Yes. So, um, all right. Well, we're gonna sip on this, and Megan's gonna teach us. She's gonna wrap it up. Mm-hmm. It's time for the wonder segment. All right, everyone. I cannot believe I have spent three weeks now on the same wonder segment. I never expected it to take this long to cover this case, but the West Memphis Three has a lot to unpack. Last week, I ended off with Jesse Miskelly, Damian Eccles, and Jason Baldwin getting arrested for the murder of three nine-year-old boys. I think I wrote nine, but I think there were eight. Fuck. Uh Uh-oh. Well... Let's three little boys, Stevie Branch, Christopher Byers, and Michael Moore. I read the transcripts of an extremely contradictory interview with Miss Kelly that was the backbone of getting the affidavit. Before we go on, if you haven't listened to part one and part two, please go do so. That'll be episode 86 and 87, and this will probably be confusing if you lack the rest of the story. Yes, I was going to say let's, let's kind of summarize, but that's even better. Yes. Go spend three hours of your time <laughs> listening to those. Yes. Uh, there's no way to summarize this case. That's why it's taken me three parts. Yeah. And I could have done it in four, and I like tried to rush and squish it all into this. So, you know, there's a lot. Anyway. i uh, do a fourth episode. <laughs> no, too late. <laughs> <laughs> I've researched this to the bone. I cannot write anything more, and all I'm going right. to take a break from true crime cases for a little bit. Um. 
not going to yank everyone around. I was in a bit of a rush trying to get this on paper with crazy real-life drama that had been going on the past couple of weeks. So I did borrow several words from other sources, and I apologize, and I'll try not to make that a habit in future Wonder Segments. After Jesse's supposed, since Tyler likes to play devil's advocate, coerced confession, the West Memphis police wasted no time in arresting Damien and Jason and proclaiming to the media that they'd solved the case. Both Jason Baldwin and Damien Eccles thought there was absolutely no way they'd be convicted of the crime. All of the evidence was circumstantial at best and hearsay at worst. And it turns out the hearsay wouldn't even matter. Due to the Bruton rule, Jesse Miscelli's interview couldn't be used in the other two's trial. The Bruton rule stems from the case United States versus Bruton in 1968. The basis of the rule is that criminal defendants have the constitutional right to confrontation. That is the right to cross-examine witnesses against them. In criminal cases where two defendants are charged jointly with the same crime, there will generally be a joint trial. However, if one of the two defendants made a statement implicating the other defendant, there will be a confrontation issue. That is because the first defendant, the one who made the statement, may choose not to take the witness stand. This violates the second defendant's right to cross-examine witnesses against him. The Bruton Rule demands that there be a severance of the two trials unless the first defendant's statement can be significantly redacted to avoid any implicit or explicit references to the second defendant. Jesse refused to take the stand against Jason or Damien and made his, and made his police interview moot. So Miss Kelly was tried separately from Baldwin and Eccles. This made the case against Jason and Damien purely circumstantial as there was no evidence of their involvement and no witnesses to testify against them. I don't blame them for thinking they'd be found innocent. They should have been. But that's not what happened. Jesse Miskelly's trial began in January of 1994, and the defense brought in famous sociologist and professor at UC Berkeley, Richard Offshe. He's an expert on false confessions and police coercion, after listening to Jesse's interviews, he feels that it's a classic example of police coercion. There was so many parts of his confession that were inconsistent and flat-out wrong, like his claims of the boys being sexually assaulted. At first, the police did think that perhaps they had been, but upon further investigation, the coroner and medical examiner ruled that nothing sexual had taken place to any of the three boys. Police claimed that Jesse was just confused. On February 5th, 1994, Jesse was convicted via jury of one count first-degree murder and two counts of second-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison plus 40 years. They attempted to appeal the decision, but the Arkansas Supreme Court upheld the conviction. Jason and Damien's trial began three weeks later, with the prosecution accusing the two of committing satanic murder. All of the evidence was circumstantial, like claiming because Eccles read Stephen King and listened to Metallica, he had to be guilty of murdering the three little boys. An inmate came and testified that Damien confessed to him, and two teenagers also claimed that they'd heard Eccles talking about committing the, the murders. Later, both teenagers redacted their statements, saying they'd only said what they thought the police wanted to hear. 
On March 19, 1994, they were found guilty on three counts of murder. Jason Baldwin was sentenced to life imprisonment. Damien Eccles was sentenced to death. After the initial trials, the West Memphis Three's defense teams attempted numerous appeals claiming trial misconduct, presented new evidence, and challenged rulings against the inclusion of evidence that defense lawyers felt would be beneficial to their case. Outside of the courts, the case continued to fall apart. Vicki Hutchinson claimed that she had committed perjury when she testified against the three and stated that the police had told her what to say. They'd threatened to take her son away if she wasn't cooperative. The foreman of the jury was also accused of misconduct after it came to light that during the trial, he had discussed the case at length with his own attorney. Following their convictions, Eccles, Miss Kelly, and Baldwin submitted imprints of their teeth. These were compared to the alleged bite marks on Stevie Branch's forehead that had, that had not been mentioned in the original autopsy or trial. No matches were found. John Mark Byers had his teeth removed in 1997 after the first trial, but before an imprint could be made. His stated reasons for the removal are apparently contradictory. He has claimed both that the seizure medication he was taking caused periodontal disease and that he planned the removal because of other kinds of dental problems, which troubled him for years. Just a quick reminder, who was he again? Because I forgot. Um, John Mark Byers was the adopted fa- father of... Um, That's right. He was uh, one of the boys. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, one of the father, one of the boys. Where One of the boys that was killed. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. After an expert examined autopsy photos and noted what he thought might be the imprint of a belt buckle on Byers's corpse, the elder Byers revealed to the police that he had spanked his stepson shortly before the boy disappeared. And I'm sorry, but if you beat your child with a belt hard enough that you can imprint the belt buckle on them... I think that's a little bit past spanking at that point. Just saying. As somebody who got spanked with a belt that had a design, I disagree. Did the design stick on you for... Sometimes. You get a good pop one time. You got a design on it. It'll even imprint for a little bit. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't like I got beat as a child. (laughs) I got a pop on the ass when I misbehaved. Okay. It's. I mean, you ever played with a towel and yes. popped each other? Don't they leave welts? Yeah, but not like. If you've you got, you can't a des- see the fibers of the towel in the welt. If you've got a design on it. You're getting the same like pop. It's going to leave a welt. It's just more surface area. That's just science. Okay. The West Memphis Three case has inspired numerous individuals to intervene on their behalf. Bruce Savansky and. Joe Berlinger created a documentary about the West Memphis Three, Paradise Lost, The Child Murders at Robin Hood Hills, and released it in 1996, hoping to encourage the public to remain interested in the fate of the three convicted men. Sequels to the documentary were released in 2000 and in 2012. John Mark Byers, the adoptive father of victim Christopher Byers, gave a knife to cameraman Doug Cooper while filming the first Paradise Lost feature. 
The knife was a folding hunting knife manufactured by Kershaw. According to the statements given by Berlinger and Sanofsky, Cooper informed them of his um, receipt of the knife on December 19th, 1993. After the documentary crew returned to New York, Berlinger and Sanofsky were reported to have discovered what appeared to be blood on the knife. HBO executives ordered them to return the knife to the West Memphis Police Department. The knife was not received at the West Memphis Police Department until January 8th, 1994. Buyers initially claimed the knife had never been used. However, after blood was found on the knife, Byers stated that he had used it only once to cut deer meat. <laughs> when told the blood matched both his and Chris's blood type, Byers said he had no idea how that blood might have gotten on the knife. During interrogation, West Memphis police suggested to Byers that he might have left the knife out accidentally, and Byers agreed with this. <clears throat> um, and he later stated that maybe he must have cut his thumb. Further testing of the, knife, of the knife produced inconclusive results about the source of the blood. Uncertainty remained due to the small amount of blood and because both John Mark Byers and Chris Byers have the same genotype. Burke Sauls, Kathy Backen, and Grove Pashley, three friends from Los Angeles, California, traveled to Ar Arkansas to visit Eccles, Baldwin, and Miss Kelly in October of 1996. Upon deciding that they believed the West Memphis Three to be innocent, the three friends created a website, Free the West Memphis Three, to inform the public about the case, as well as to ask for do donations to help fund the defense team. Mara Leverett, an Arkansas reporter, wrote a book titled Devil's Knot, The True Story of the West Memphis Three in 2002 in response to a challenge made by state officials that a true, honest examination of the case would prove the guilt of the three defendants. After extensive research, Leverett concluded that the entire situation was a tragedy and a gross miscarriage of justice. Numerous celebrities agreed with Leverett, Eddie Vedder of the rock group Pearl Jam visited Eccles on Death Row and used his music and fame to spread the message that Eccles and the others were innocent. Actor Johnny Depp and singer Natalie Maines of the group Dixie of the Dixie Chicks also lent their support. Now known as the Chicks. Did they officially change their name? Yeah. Okay. Um, in fact, Terry Hobbs, who's Stevie Branch's stepfather sued Natalie Maines in 2008 for libelous comments she made during a rally in Little Rock, urging police to look at him as a suspect. Several member of Stevie, members of Stevie Branch's family came to the singer's defense, giving sworn depositions. Judy Sadler, Stevie's aunt, stated Stevie told her Terry Hobbs locked Stevie in the closet and beat him. She said he forced Stevie and his sister Amanda to watch pornography and threatened to kill members of the Hicks family if Stevie told. She said Terry forced Stevie to sexually molest his sister and he made Stevie watch him masturbate. Terry Hobbs denied these accusations. Sheila Hicks, Stevie's aunt, stated that Terry Hobbs whipped Stevie Branch, leaving welts. She stated he forced Stevie to play dead cockroach, lying on his back with his arms and legs raised, and that when his limbs grew tired and he tried to lower them, Terry would whoop him. She also stated that Stevie talked about fights that Terry and Pam had, and Stevie saw Terry strangling Pam. 
Finally, she stated in 1997 that she saw Terry Hobbs simulating sex with his then nine-year-old daughter, Amanda. Marie Hicks, Stevie's grandmother, claimed that Terry Hobbs was physically and sexually abusive, used drugs, and was an alcoholic. She said that when Amanda Hobbs was young, she confided in her that Terry Hobbs stuck his finger in her booty. Terry Hobbs denied all of this. Amanda Hobbs, Terry's daughter, gave a devastating plea regarding her father's abuse. Terry denied the abuse and said he couldn't remember if he ever discussed this subject with her. Sharon Nelson, Hobbs' girlfriend, said that Hobbs claimed that he found the bodies before the police, but left them there undiscovered. Hobbs denies this. And in 2007, a hair found on a knot in one of the victims, um, a hair found in a knot uh, during, in one of the victims' shoelaces that tied them together, uh, was sent for DNA testing. The technology was not available in the 1990s. And it was determined that the hair was not consistent with the hair of Eccles, Miss Kelly, or Baldwin. However, it was consistent with the hair of Terry Hobbs, the stepfather of Stevie Branch. In addition, another hair found at the crime scene was consistent with the hair of a friend of Hobbs. However, Hobbs denied any involvement in the murders. The judge dismissed the case against the Dixie Chick, or just the Chick, and ordered Hobbs to pay for the singer's legal fees, $17,590. So that backfired on him. And interestingly enough, in 2009, Pam Hobbs made the following statement, quote, Additionally, after the murders, my sister JoLynn McCauley and I found in Terry's nightstand a knife that Stevie carried with him constantly, and which I had believed was with him when he died. It was a pocket knife that my father had given to Stevie, and Stevie loved that knife. I had been shocked that the police did not find it with Stevie when they found his body. I had always assumed that my son's murderer had taken the knife during the crime. I could not believe it was in Terry's things. He had never told me that he had it. Also, my sister JoLynn told me that she saw Terry wash clothes, bed linens, and curtains from Stevie's room at an odd time around the time of the murders. End quote. On November 4th, 2010, after numerous failed appeals, the Arkansas Supreme Court ordered that a hearing take place in order to analyze new evidence that had the potential to exonerate the West Memphis Three. Preparations began immediately. Eccles hired a new defense team that included Stephen Braga and Patrick Benka. However, as the new lawyers worked to present their case at the hearing, they were dismayed to find that the new evidence did not conclusively point to a different perpetrator. As was typical for this case, the evidence was only circumstantial. Braga and Benka, convinced that the West Memphis Three were innocent and deserved their freedom, decided to take a different approach. Benka had a working relationship with Arkansas Attorney General Dustin McDaniel. The two met to discuss the case. During that meeting, Benka asked McDaniel if his team would consider skipping the hearing in order to move straight to new trials. The judge, Benka argued, would certainly grant new trials after considering the jury misconduct discovered years before. McDaniel agreed to discuss the idea with his team. As negotiations between the lawyers continued, Benka and Braga suggested that both sides agree to an Alford plea, with time served, in order to avoid the risk to both sides that a new trial would bring. 
An Alford plea required the three defendants to plead guilty to a series of lesser charges while at the same time stating for the record that they were innocent and only pleading guilty because it was in their best interest. Both legal teams agreed that the plea would be acceptable provided that all three defendants were willing to cooperate. Despite this hopeful new development, Binka and Braga were still concerned. Jason Baldwin, by this time in his late 30s, had the most to lose by accepting this plea. Untainted by a false confession as Miss Kelly was, and without the threat of death row that Eccles faced, Baldwin was unsure that pleading guilty was the answer. However, after considering that Eccles' execution date was quickly approaching, Baldwin agreed to the legal maneuver in order to preserve Eccles' life. On August 19, 2011, Judge Lasser approved the Alford plea. Each of the defendants pled guilty while maintaining their innocence, and they were released on time served. After 18 years, one of Arkansas's most controversial murder cases came to a strange, semi-permanent close. Benka suggested the defense team would continue pursuing the West Memphis 3 case by petitioning Gover- Governor Mark Beebe for pardons. However, Beebe suggested that those petitions would be unsuccessful. In 2012, Pam Hobbs publicly stated that she does not think Jesse Miskelly, Jason Baldwin, or Damien Eccles had anything to do with the murder of her son and his friends. She has also turned over several knives belonging to Terry Hobbs to investigators. When asked if she thinks he had something to do with the crime, she said, quote, Today I am numb about Terry. I am convinced in my heart that Todd Moore and Mark Byers had nothing to do with it. I don't know what to think about Terry. End quote. Despite the release of the West Memphis Three, the case remains unresolved, and the legal conduct of both the prosecution and the defense remains relatively unexamined. Prosecutors will not continue to investigate the murders of Stevie Branch, Chris Byers, and Michael Moore. Eccles, Miss Kelly, and Baldwin will not receive compensation for time spent in prison, and they may never be cleared of the crimes which, to which they had pled guilty. However, the case continues to inspire media attention. In 2012, the documentary West of Memphis, produced by Peter Jackson and Damian Eccles and directed by Amy Berg, premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. A movie adaptation of Devil's Knot began filming, and Eccles published his memoir, Life After Death. In July 2021, it was reported, pursuant to a request by Eccles' attorneys for access to evidence from the crime scene for purposes of conducting new DNA testing, that the physical evidence relating to the three murder victims had been lost, misplaced, or destroyed by fire. However, Later investigation found most of the evidence still intact. Eccles filed suit for access to the remaining evidence for enhanced DNA testing. But on June 23, 2022, Circuit Judge Tanya Alexander ruled against him. And there is tons more information out there about the West Memphis Three, and I encourage everyone to go learn even more. Um... In doing this, I read Life After Death by Damian Eccles. Um, I read Devil's Knot by um, Mara Leverett. Um, I watched all of the Paradise Lost documentaries. I watched the West of Memphis documentary. Um, I listened to several different podcasts on the topic. 
um, and ones that go way more in depth uh, than I did on both um, evidence that they found later on um, of both Terry Hobbs and um, Mark Byers. Um, and I encourage everyone to kind of like go do your own research and come up with your own ideas. But I do think that with a little bit of effort, um, there can be justice for uh, the victims and their families. So I go back to what I said last week at the end. What the hell? Who was the dude that went in, what was it, like a Bojangles bathroom? Mm-hmm. Covered in blood. Yeah, what was the description of that guy again? He was a black guy. Just a random black guy. They, like He popped up and never popped up in the story yep. again. That's it. It was the same day the boys went missing. Around the time they would have been murdered, popped up in a Bojangles bathroom right near Robin Hood Hills. I was wondering if maybe the description matched that Terry. No, Hobbs sadly, dude. So, it does not. Uh, uh, I don't trust anybody in this whole fucking thing. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I don't. Do I think that the three did it? Mm, probably not, but <laughs> there's a chance. Okay. I mean,. They were weirdos. Weirdos do weird shit sometimes. All right. Calls them like I sees them. <laughs> uh, you know? As one of those weirdos. Okay. Hey, you do weird shit sometimes. Maybe not that extreme, but you do weird shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No offense, but <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I do weird shit. Yeah. All right. Um, I just, I, I see that they're, you know, is it a 0.02% chance they could have done it? Sure, but there's a chance. There's a chance. Okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's is a chance there if it... a chance that old Papa Hobbs or one of the other dads or... Sure. You know, there's there's a chance that happened too. Uh, I can't get over this character that just pops into a Bojangles bathroom and disappears. Yeah. Uh, covered in blood. Yeah, that irks me. That horribly. I'm wondering if it's just some Joe Schmo serial killer. Just it was around a bunch of truck stops. Mm-hmm. Trucker. Yeah. In and out, gone. You know, I. I yeah. I don't trust anybody in this whole damn story. Yeah. What else is new though? <laughs> I don't trust anybody in in on the planet. So. True. Well, my heart breaks for this case. Um, for the victims and their families that still lack justice and still seek answers, and for the three older victims who lost years of their lives wrongfully imprisoned. I hope one day potentially. they... Potentially. Sorry. Devil's I just, advocate. I just said, well, I don't know if I'd say devil's advocate. Like I said, there's a chance. All right. Well, I hope one day they all get the justice deserved, but until then we need to keep this case active and relevant. As long as podcasts like us research this, documentaries are made, and books are written, we put pressure on the investigators and courts to seek justice. As long as we speak, we won't forget. Let's not let them sweep this under the rug and forget. Because there are answers out there. All right, well. That's where I'm going to finally, after three long weeks technically four weeks because there was that weird like illness week and everything falling apart but three long episodes of whiskey and wonder all covering the west memphis three is finally done we finally have concluded (sighs) huh 
Yeah, I know I have to research now. Yeah, sorry. It's been over a month. You can, Mm. your time is up. Yeah. Mm. My favorite thing. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, All right. I guess we'll move on. Trivia with Tyler. Um, so if you're a longtime listener, first time caller, um, you'll know that one of my favorite, favorite um, series of movies, I guess, movie series is Jurassic Park. The original three were awesome. Uh, Slow, you know, taking a step down each one, you know. None were as good as the original. But anyway, the next three kind of hit or miss. But originally, Jurassic Park, the original, was meant to use stop motion instead of CGI for the T-Rex. But two artists worked on a CGI version in secret, and once they finished it, they quietly put a video of it on screen while Kathleen Kennedy, who was the um, uh, head of the production... Uh, facility. Anyway, she was visiting their office and they left it on a computer screen going while she was there. And that single-handedly convinced her, Steven Spielberg, and the rest of the team to hybridize. Yep. So I've heard that before. That is, I forgot about it, but I've heard yeah. that. And that's such a cool little factoid. So, I awesome. Wa- I watched a cool little documentary on it uh, a while back. That was pretty cool. Um, the puppeteers that were going to be running the T-Rex were pissed. Oh, Because they thought they were out of a job. Forever. <laughs> so. Final thoughts. Well, if you guys are on YouTube, you actually saw me reach over and just put a little bit more whiskey in this glass because it is... So good. I needed just a little bit more. So um, I haven't even put water in the glass. Totally forgot about doing that. It's all right. I can't. I drank too much water. <laughs> can't reach it. Um. So I mean, I'm as soon as Tyler's done doing what Tyler's doing, I'm gonna put some water in mine as well. Also, but, oh yeah, go ahead. Um. But as just like a, as I've had it so far, just oh. So good. You know what that means, guys. Especially if you have been around for a while. <laughs> I'd go ahead and write it on the paper. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. All right. Um, well, I just put a couple drops of water in there. I haven't actually tried it yet, so I'm going to yeah. try it here. You shake it on up and you drink it, put it in your face. I just added a couple water drops too. I'm gonna spin it around town, going around town. It didn't really do anything. Maybe it added a little bit of burn, a slight burn. Oh, uh, weird for water to add a burn. Uh, we've had that once or twice. Uh, maybe it made made a little more fruit forward, um, but honestly, not not that much of a change. So, hmm. um, I'm gonna let Megan tell you guys her number, although. You know, most of you long-time listeners can figure it out. Um, I'm going to say this is a solid 
Uh, I'm going to go with an eight. All right. Well, high praise from Tyler that gives out nines like they're tens. Um, there could always be something better. I hate that mentality. Why? I don't know. I just, I feel like you you need to reward what's there and not judge it by everything else around it. I had a professor in college that never gave 100. He told us first day in, in I took six classes with this guy. He's he was a my favorite bag. professor. He was awesome. He was <laughs> the best teacher I've ever had in my life of anything. And he told us, I've never given 100. Nobody ever gets 100. One person, the entire six classes that I was there, got a 100. So he did give one. But you had to really earn it. I, and I, I'll never forget, I was pissed because me and the two people that I studied with, we were all seniors. We're taking a lower level class with him just to fill credit hours because we wanted to take him. <laughs> and there was one other senior that didn't study with us, didn't hang out. You know, we knew each other. We had taken a bunch of classes. She got the 100 and we all three got 99s. We were hissed. I bet. But. It didn't feel good, did it? It didn't, but she earned it. She had gone above and beyond more than we had. But you guys didn't. Even though you were 99s, you did not work as hard as she did. We didn't write as much on the test. <sighs> okay. Literally, it was a six-question test. It was just you write as much as you can, you write, you explain it. Wow. So, yeah, we did. We earned a 99. She earned 100. Tip my cap and go on. Okay. Well, it's a 10 for me. Obviously, if you have not figured that out yet. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Um, it is delicious AF. Yeah, the water didn't really change anything. Um, I Definitely a dessert whiskey. Dessert whiskey. Sweet, chocolatey, creamy, like, oh, so good. So delicious. I wish Tyler would let me take the bottle. Um, I'll tell you where you can find it. Okay. I, I need it. So again, if you see it at an ABC store, you grab it for me because, damn, it's good. It's so good. Uh, oh. I'm thinking when's the next time I can run by over there, but you're off tomorrow. You can run by tomorrow. Possibly. I don't know if I'll have my car tomorrow. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. Um. All right, well, you heard it here first. Megan gives it Another 10, and I give it another not 10, an 8. <laughs> uh, so, tell them more do. Tell them more do. 12, 12 years. years. Delicious. Y'all, check it out. Check it out. You see it at your local liquor store? Grab the purple bottle. Purple, tell them more do. Mm-hmm. So. Delicious. All right. All right, Tyler. Well, um... Thank you guys so much for sticking around uh, and listening to all three parts of the West Memphis Three, if you have stuck around. Um, I hope I didn't bore anyone. Um, if any of you guys want to like give any criticism, please email me, Megan, at whiskeyandwonder.com, and I'd be happy to take any criticisms, good or bad. Um, I think I'm done with true crime for at least a hot minute. That was a lot of uh, energy and horrifying pictures and awful things to look at. So I think I'm going to do something fun next time I research. Um, 
But again, thank you guys. Thank you to our uh, Patreons, our supporters who send us uh, stuff through PayPal, um, everyone who, you know, rates and reviews and follows and shares and hit subscribe and does all the wonderful, amazing things. You're the reason why we're here and the reason why we succeed. So we cannot thank you enough. Yes. Um, um, and I just want to jump in. Uh, if you want to support the podcast in other ways, you can check out our partners at whiskeywonder.com slash sponsors or check out the show notes. And we've got some affiliate links down there. So mm-hmm. indeed, uh, check it out for us. Um, all right, guys, let's end with one more. Thank you. Uh, we will see you next week. We look forward to it. Uh, have an awesome time and, uh, don't drink and drive. Cheers. Eyebrow. Yes, very high brow. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Ho, ho, ho.